0: Not sure what to make for dinner? Need some inspiration? Mondays and Wednesdays, join Gabriel and his food hero guests on The Dinner Special. And now, here's your host, Gabriel So.
1: Welcome to The Dinner Special. I am Gabriel So, and I am so happy to have Lacey Healy of A Thousand Threads here on the show today. On her blog, A Thousand Threads, Lacey writes about more than just food and recipes. She shares a lot about herself, from her wedding, travels, and Everyday Adventures, she really puts herself out there for her readers. Thank you for joining me today, Lacey.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure, Lacey. Now, can you talk about what got you to starting your blog, A Thousand Threads?
0: So I actually started my blog because I had a day job that was fulfilling, but not entirely. I was writing, but I was writing about a lot of technical subjects and didn't sort of have the chance to write about the more creative things or do the more creative things that I enjoy doing. And so around the time my husband and I had been together for probably around five years at that point, when he proposed to me, I decided that it was sort of an excuse to write about something on the internet, right? (laughs) And so I started writing about the process of planning our our wedding and of our lives at the time and it sort of evolved in that way eventually to really be a representation of our lives together and ultimately that all came back to food because for us it does totally come back to food with everything.
1: Right now was it a challenge to sort of put yourself out there to the sort of masses on the internet?
0: At first it was mostly a challenge to put myself out there to people I knew. So it was less of a challenge, sort of, I wasn't thinking about it as much, the people who were out there who I didn't know. I didn't know how many of them there were, nobody was reading my blog, whatever. And so I was able to sort of, you know, write freely in feeling like, you know, who knows who was actually seeing it. But I didn't tell a lot of people that I actually knew about the blog, because that was more you know, sort of personal and the things I was writing, I didn't necessarily feel like running around and telling everybody that I had a blog, of course, slowly people found out. And then I think I had that moment where it was like, Oh, I'm definitely sharing a lot on the internet for a lot of people. And as it grew, it was even more people, but the relationships that I have built on the internet, because I've been open and been willing to sort of, you know, have those conversations with people and, you know, go back and forth. I've made so many good friends and it's really been a great experience. So I'm glad that I sort of wasn't overthinking it at first. It allowed me to kind of open up and keep it that way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's sometimes the thing, you know, that sort of stops us from doing certain things. We overthink them and, you know, we think about, you know, the four or five steps ahead rather than just, you know, maybe the first step that's directly in front of us. And I also think, you know, it's a good point that you raised about sharing things with people that are closer to you. It's more difficult than sharing it sometimes with, you know, people that you don't know.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. You know, when I was just sort of putting it out there on the internet and there weren't any faces to go along with it, there weren't any reactions. And honestly, I mean, the people that I found, the internet when they did appear were so supportive and so great that it was was really a good experience for me from the beginning that I was able to, you know, make those friends who I almost felt more open with in many ways.
1: Right. I totally get what you felt because, you know, for this podcast, it's the exact same way. (laughs) Well, as you mentioned, it started as a project to document your wedding and sort of evolved into food and recipes. Did you always have an interest in cooking?
0: I did, yes. So I'm a 4-H kid from way back in the day. I grew up in Oregon, and I was in 4-H. I rode horses. That was the biggest part of my 4-H. But from the time I was very young, I actually did the cooking side as well and competed in the cooking contests in front of a judge. And it was all a very sort of a fun thing for me. It was always made fun for me, I think, particularly by my mom, who was really always interested in cooking, especially in baking. And she makes these incredibly amazing desserts that are just nuts. And so she taught me how to make those things and she taught me and you know brought me through that whole process of you know the terrifying process of cooking in front of a judge when you're like 12 years old it is crazy but is awesome and I think it really fostered my love of cooking that and you know that my whole family I had a family of cooks I mean my grandmother was constantly baking pies and in Oregon we all had big gardens and were able to sort of go out and the fruit that my grandmother always baked the pies always came from her garden that was something that was crazy that you just don't experience that as much over here quite as much as I do did there and growing up and it made me love food very much having all those people around me who also loved food.
1: Is 4-H a program, a school program?
0: It is. Some places have 4-H, some places have FFA. It's a country kid thing. You know, some kids raise cows and then they sell them at the auction at the county fair. It's a thing. It essentially all leads to the county fair, which is where you exhibit your work that you work on throughout the year. It's kind of like Girl Scouts, but with very, you know, country lead to it.
1: Cool. I've never heard of that before, so it's great.
0: It's really cool. It was a really good experience growing up.
1: Now, you mentioned that, you know, your mom and your grandma and your family really influenced, you know, your cooking and kind of led you towards cooking. Who would you say was your greatest cooking influence?
0: I think that my mom is hands down my greatest cooking influence. My love for baking, in particular, is completely shaped by my mother. And also my love for gathering people, I think, was shaped by my mother. Just a week ago, she (laughs) had this huge event at her house for all of the women from her graduating class from high school, which is like, I don't even know if I could track down the people from my graduating class from high school, so I'm really impressed by her. She had all the women from her graduating class over and had this beautiful, beautiful brunch party out on her patio and cooked everything and made this huge spread of desserts and they're always like i mean my mom's cheesecake is like the craziest cheesecake you've ever had and she taught me you know chocolate eclairs or something that she always made and always brought so she was always this amazing home cook But also one who never shied away from something that was tougher, like a chocolate eclair or something that was a little bit more, you know, she would make these fantastic cakes for my birthdays and just things that were just amazing. And I always really respected that and
1: still do. Now, is there something that you enjoy to make together with your mom?
0: I do. You know, any kind of dessert I love making with my mom. My mom also makes this thing that's like, it's a pavlova, but she makes it in a big pan. And it's got, you know, this amazing mascarpone cream on top of it with cherries and all sorts of goodness on top of that. And it's just really incredible. And that's something we've definitely made before. We've made cookies before for Christmas. I don't get, unfortunately, to see her as much as I would like to because she's on the other side of the country still and I'm over here, but I love cooking with her when I do get
1: the chance. Awesome. Well, you've written that your blog helps you take risks and holds you accountable to take action towards your dreams. What are some of your dreams?
0: You know, a lot of my dreams have come to sort of pull in my husband as well. So we have, you know, a lot of love for food and love for someday, I think we would both love to have a restaurant. We would both love to maybe have a bakery. We dream about that kind of thing a lot. I love that in having a blog, it also allows me to write. So writing is a big part of that as well. I don't think it's something I would ever stop doing. It's sort of a dream, but also something that I feel like I'm, you know, in having the blog, I'm doing it and sort of accomplishing that dream because I'm able to kind of put my work out there and continue to just sort of get it out other than, you know, if you don't have something like that and you do you know, love to write, especially as a writer, you you can sort of fall into this place where you feel like, oh, I should be writing, but, you know, what am I going to write about? No, it's such a big thing to, like, create something, something like a book or something like that, but if you're writing every day, it provides the impetus for you to continue to write even more than you otherwise might. It sort of gets it going every day, and so I find myself writing uh, apart from the blog as well, I think, more because I have the blog.
1: Well, I mean, you write a lot for the blog. Do you enjoy writing sort of nonfiction or fiction, or do you do a little bit of both? You know, how do you approach your writing?
0: I'm a little bit scared of fiction, actually. (laughs) So I've always written a lot of, you know, more stories, sort of nonfiction stories with maybe a little bit of fiction mixed in separate from the blog, you know, things that are just fun things that have happened, writing them down and nonfiction as well. I mean, in the day job that I talked about, I do a lot of writing that is more technical and more talking about policy in Washington, (laughs) D.C. So and I enjoy that writing as well, which is, you know, I enjoy the research and I enjoy learning and bringing all the different pieces in, but also trying to tell those pieces in a way that is more enjoyable to read than necessarily the technical writing.
1: Right. And, well, you also mentioned, you know, possibly a bakery sort of in the dreams. You know, what would you like your bakery to be known for?
0: Yeah, so we actually have a farmer's market stand slash sort of a per order pie company, is one thing that we do and it's pie and bread is mostly what we do. My husband bakes incredible bread and I have always loved baking pies. It's called dough uprising. That would be the basis of our bakery because you know those are the things that we feel so creative with. I mean something like a pie. You can put anything in a pie. Like (laughs) so much fun. You can take it in so many different directions. Savory and sweet and just have so much fun with it. And bread is very similar. There are so many things that you can do with bread. So that as the basis but also I mean I love. You know, because of my mother, I have this love for baked goods in general that I think is endless, really. But it would definitely be, we go back and forth on it a lot, but it would be certainly a dream.
1: Awesome. Well, I have to ask, you know, you've mentioned your husband a couple of times and you work with him quite closely. Mark, he takes the photography on your blog and it's awesome. What is it like working with your spouse on so many projects?
0: So we manage it quite well, actually. you know we both are really busy all the time. We have a lot going on I have a nine year- old stepson as well and so we have all these things happening. and I think that ultimately the blog and our various projects, because we're both so passionate about them, they bring us back together in this way that we're creating something together. There's nothing like creating being able to create something with your spouse and really be excited about the outcome of it and just like geek out over whatever this thing is. <laughs> (laughs) you know this new bread that he just made or whatever it might be something that we both cook for the vlog as well and we shoot things back and forth he'll have an idea and I'll add to it and it'll go back and forth and become this thing that's really incredible and even with the photography you know I'll style it and then he'll take the picture and then I do the editing and so we have this very collaborative relationship that goes back and forth and it makes us stronger in every way I think it's obviously not always 100% perfect we will also bicker over for what we think is the perfect way that something should be but in that way I mean I even love that part of it because things become better because we are just a good team.
1: Wow, that's awesome because, I mean, it truly is a really collaborative experience because, I mean, you mentioned that he does some of the cooking and stuff for the blog as well and you do different parts of the editing, so there aren't really any distinct roles. You guys are really like in it together full on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we definitely are. We both do a little bit of everything and, you know, sometimes I take the pictures, sometimes, you know, he has the key role. I do the writing for the blog. He has the key role in taking the pictures for the blog, but every bit of it really goes back and forth and he also edits all of my writing and we really go back and forth it completely so it's really a collaborative experience that is pretty awesome
1: well you currently live in washington dc but say that you'll always be an oregonian at heart you touched on this a little bit earlier but can you share what being oregonian means to you
0: it's not hard for me to live on the East Coast, but I'm certainly sad not to live on the West Coast still. I grew up in Oregon. I truly think that it's the most beautiful place in the world. My parents are there. I love it there. I love the people. I love the food. I mean, the food in Portland, the food scene in Portland, it's always been amazing. But, you know, over the last 10 years, it's really gone crazy. And I mean, I go back there and I just feel you know, so completely close to home, and it's also just, you know, I grew up on the coast near the ocean, and so there's things about that that I miss. And, you know, the East Coast is very different. It's got a very different sort of ethos. It's got a very different approach to food, but also... You know, I've learned a lot. I actually live just outside of D.C., sort of in the country. And one thing that I love about that is that we visit a lot of farms in the area constantly. And we're always, you know, we get our eggs from the farm. We get our milk from the farm. We get, you know, everything that we can, you know, as locally as possible. And that's really, really a cool aspect of this particular part of the area that I didn't necessarily have, you know, my coastal town in Oregon that I really appreciate here.
1: Now, I was actually going to just build on that a little bit. You know, have you noticed any differences or similarities in the food cultures between Washington, D.C. and Oregon?
0: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. 100%. You know, I was a vegetarian for many, many, many years. And so that will make the difference very stark for you. If you go from the West Coast to the East Coast in general, it's much harder to find good vegetarian food on the East Coast than it is on the West because there's like a real love for meat here. And I respect that too, because I'm no longer a vegetarian. And there's a reason because it's delicious. (laughs) And so that's one really big thing. You know, it used to be more so that there was a real sort of love for local food and just completely that was easier to find on the West Coast than it is on the East Coast. I think a lot's changed in the last few years. Definitely, I mean, the restaurants have changed completely in the way that they approach things and everyone is starting to appreciate that sort of thing more. And that's really refreshing. That changes a lot. I mean, it's amazing how much food can impact your your sort of love of living in a place because it's so much a part of your daily life and I really missed that when I first moved here about 10 years ago and now I would say it's very, very different.
1: Right. Now, here at the Dinner Special, we talk with food heroes about dinner dishes that are special to them and how we can make it at home. Can you talk about a dish that is special to you and a little bit about the story behind the dish?
0: Sure. So there's this one pasta dish that we have on the blog that's a lemon burrata pasta. And it's actually something that my husband and I created. And so that, I think, is the one that I want to talk about. Because not only is it tied to to our collaborative relationship and how we work together, but also to our event series, Filled & Foundry, where we served it. And it was sort of one of the first dishes that we really... You know, created completely and came up with and shared with people at one of these events that they also really, really, really loved. And other things that we had made, they were inspired by something else or they were, you know, otherwise created around, you know, our first Field and Foundry event. We served local pork barbecue that we didn't make, but it was amazing, and a few other dishes that we did make. And this one, this one was really, I felt sort of our relationship come into its own and our creativity come into its own. And it was a new level for us, a place that we were sort of able to take things in a way that we can certainly, you know, we come up with recipes on our own all the time, but we're not always serving them to people and having them look us in the eye and tell us that they're awesome. So (laughs) that's such a different awesome experience to have as someone who creates a blog and geeks out over the food here at home by ourselves to serve people is really something that's very satisfying and wonderful and that's a recipe that I continue to love and continue to crave all the time so it's a good one that I just had to share
1: cool well I mean it's kind of like being a stand-up comedian when you feed people because you get the immediate feedback and you're not sure like if it's going to be like a hit or a miss and you're just really putting yourself out there
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you're sitting there cringing because you're watching everybody's reactions, you know, how much is left on their plate and how much is, you know, like, are they taking seconds? They really, really like it. Like, what's going on? And it's, yeah, it's a really crazy experience. It's really a stressful experience, but it's an incredibly amazing experience because really, I don't know, I mean, it's almost primal, the love of nourishing other people and feeding them and having them enjoy it is very, very, very satisfying.
1: Now, let's say that you were making this lemon burrata pasta, and you could have three famous people over to share it with. Who would you invite over?
0: Gosh, there are so many. I love Anthony Bourdain. I think he's amazing. He's an amazing writer and an amazing cook, and just all of those things about him. Everybody loves Anthony Bourdain. I would totally want to meet him. I would also want to meet Julia Child, who's incredibly, you know, I mean, you could just anyone, just have a second to pick Julia's brain, like who would not want to? I would be very scared that Julia in particular, however, would not approve of my pasta. She's very picky and very opinionated. And for my pie, I would have to serve the girls from 4 and 20 Blackbirds a pie. If I can have four people, there we go. Because I think that they are just incredible pie bakers and their book is brilliant. And they do a really good job up in their shop up there. So I have a lot of respect for them.
1: Awesome. Well, let's say that you were doing your pie and your pasta, and it was a movie and sort of dinner situation. What movie would you pair with either your pie or your pasta?
0: Well, okay. Pie, pasta doesn't necessarily go together. I feel like you should be eating pizza or something for this movie, but one of my favorite movies of all time, and I will bring it back always, is Almost Famous. I'm a big music lover, and that's a great movie, and we could all sing together. When they're on the bus eating pasta and pie and stuffing our faces, and that just sounds like a really good time to me.
1: (laughs) That sounds amazing. (laughs) Now, I call the next part of the Dinner Special podcast The Pressure Cooker. I'm going to ask you seven fast and fun questions that we want to know your answers to. Are you up for it? Okay. Number one, which food shows or cooking shows do you watch?
0: Oh my gosh! I watch whatever's on the cooking channel. Obviously, I watch Anthony Bourdain. Anything that he does, I watch him on CNN now because I love it, you know his travel show and what he does. I also love Ina Garten. She's amazing. The things that she does—it's really wonderful. Mind of a Chef will always be like the most amazing Netflix that you know just binge on Mind of a Chef. I can do it over and over because it's so awesome. And a lot of Netflix is definitely—I've had a lot of really amazing food inspiration on Netflix. your are of sushi and all the really good ones that are on there that are just incredible.
1: Great. Number two, what are some food blogs or websites we have to know about?
0: Oh my gosh, there are so many good ones out there. There's so many great people making good food. I love all the big ones. I love Joy the Baker. I love Not Without Salt. I love Smitten Kitchen. She is just incredible. Every single recipe I've ever tried, I don't even know how she does it, but every single recipe that she makes on Smitten Kitchen is just out of this world good such, such good ones. And, you know, I feel like there are always, you know, awesome ones that I'm discovering too. Like Lady and Pups is really a cool one that does some awesome things that I love. My name is Jay and all awesome newer people as well who are, you know, not totally new, but just doing crazy, amazing things. I'm blown away by the blogosphere and all the great cooking being done.
1: Oh, totally, totally. Me too. Now, Number three, who do you follow on Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube that make you happy?
0: On Pinterest and Instagram, I'm on there all the time. My friend, A Daily Something, is really awesome. Like, her children are the cutest, and, you know, what she does with, she just lives in Virginia, close to me. What she does on her Instagram blows me away. And so many great photographers, like, with hearts, who really, you know, are so inspiring. And also are often in the Pacific Northwest and remind me of home and you know, are so incredible. On Pinterest, there are so many people who are awesome as well. And so prolific. I mean, you know, like local milk, obviously, I follow her on Instagram, she's amazing on Instagram, but she's also really prolific on Pinterest and has this awesome Pinterest account that is constantly, you know, making me discover new awesome things that are really, really cool. And I definitely like the social media every time on my phone way too much.
1: Now, number four, what is the most unusual or treasured item you have in your kitchen?
0: So one slightly unusual item, I love picking up vintage things. I love bringing vintage things home, you know, and you don't always use them. Sometimes they just sit around in their props or whatever they might be. And I've stolen, you know, every little weird vintage thermometer and various things from my grandma's kitchen and have them in my drawers. But one that we have is a juicer that we use constantly, which is actually vintage. And every time I use it, I think it's going to fall apart. <laughs> because it's so old but it's also so effective and fantastic and it really just like it has a handle and you can squeeze down the handle and juice you know and it's a very 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 good vintage juicer that we probably don't need in our kitchen but I like having it
1: No, and they don't make things like they used to because, I mean, those vintage things, they'll last forever.
0: (laughs) They don't. It's solid. It's so solid. And I've always, you know, I'm so paranoid because it's so old, but it's amazing. And actually, in our new kitchen, another amazing thing that we have is behind me, which is this stove that's terrible. It's so old, and it doesn't look very fancy. But darn if that thing isn't beast and it cooks a darn good pie And although eventually I may have to replace it with a vintage stove because it's so impressive the way that it works. It's really, really great.
1: Great. Number five, name one ingredient you used to dislike that you now love.
0: Corn. I love it if it's made a certain way. When I grew up not liking corn at all. It was like the one thing that I, you know, I've never been a really picky person. I eat a lot of foods. I'm really, you know, pretty open to almost, almost like put anchovies on something. I'm totally fine. I like all of the things. I taunt my husband with olives because he hates olives and I love them. But I never really liked corn, which is sort of a, you know, pretty basic food that I think that growing up, you know, I just never had it cooked in a way that I really liked it. And as I've grown up, I have found that, you know, the fresher the corn, the better. And there are definitely, you know, awesome things that you can do to corn, like chili lime seasoning or like things that are really good that make it a much more awesome dish that I I wouldn't necessarily say that I love it now, but I like it a lot more than I did when I was younger.
1: But what about like corn tortillas or like cornbread?
0: Okay, so that's a total story. <laughs> you process that corn and I'll eat it all day long. <laughs> it's delicious, especially cornbread.
1: Right. Now, number six, what are a few cookbooks that make your life better?
0: Sugar Rush is a fairly new cookbook that I'm so impressed by because the level of detail in the cooking and in the sort of breaking down the processes that make for a good pastry kitchen are really, you know, broken down in a way that's just so awesome. Also, I've always had, you know, like, my Better Homes and Gardens cookbook and my, like, older, you know, the ones that I've had sitting around forever that my mom got me when I first moved out of the house and will always be, you know, always be on my shelf. Those are some that I return to the most often because they're really yeah, I mean, they're just those staples that you have in the kitchen, and they have these recipes that you can take and you can run with them you know, as far as you want to run with them and make them crazy, and that's something that I always love doing.
1: Now, finally, number seven, you mentioned that you love music. So what song or album just makes you want to cook?
0: The soccer album right now that makes me want to do all of the things and get up and jump around is Shaky Graves' new album, who is pretty awesome, and every song on there is really good. And we saw him last year in this tiny little venue. We love going up to Newport Folk Fest in Newport, Rhode Island. And he was there and really knocked our socks off. So that lately, when I'm in the kitchen, that's what's been playing on my speakers.
1: Great shaky graves, right? Shaky graves. Okay, check it out. <laughs> Congratulations, Lacey. You have officially survived the pressure cooker. Thank you, <laughs> Lacey. Thank you so much for joining me here on the dinner special podcast. You're all over social media. What's the best way for us to keep up with what you're up to?
0: So I'm on Instagram a lot, at Lacey, and that's spelled weird, it's L-A-I-C-I-E, and I'm on Pinterest a lot also, which is, I think, the same, and Thousand Threads on Twitter, and definitely the blog, of course.
1: Of course, and the blog is thousandthreadsblog.com. Yep. Perfect. Well, thank you again, Lacey, for taking the time to chat with me today. It's been totally my pleasure. I hope you've had a good time.
0: Thank you so much. I've had such a good time. Thank you so much for listening. Head over to thedinnerspecial.com. recipes, highlights from every show, super blog articles, and all the wonderful ways to keep in touch on social media. Your culinary journey awaits, so let's get cooking!